Hey guys, welcome back to the Origins podcast with me and Rob. Welcome back to episode three. Um, how's it going, Rob? Tell us a little bit about your week and what you've been up to. That's going good, mate. Um, firstly, I want to apologise for my audio quality last week. It was a little bit on the muffled side of the blame the AirPods for that. Yeah, it's um, the afterwards, did we? Weird, because it was your AirPods doing it rather than the old school mic. Yeah, I don't understand why the AirPods are so bad. I thought they were supposed to be good. But um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's been a good week. I've got uh, finally got some gym equipment, ordered in some, got some plates from Liam. He very kindly drove them down to me. Liam yeah, Turnbull, that was an essential. That was an essential trip, one it from the ball. <laughs> well, <Wow. laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair play to him. He, he drove like two hours here, two hours back. So, He's hooked us both um, up this um, week, hasn't he? Yeah, I'm very happy with that. And then uh, got a barbell last night to go with the plates because I would have had to put them on my um, little one-inch bar, which yeah, I did thought, do. Yeah, putting, I, did. I had to like sandwich the little plates around the outside of the big plates, but it's such a hassle. Yeah, it's true. Um, Training with like a one-inch bar up. is so bad. It's so yeah. much harder as well. Um, but yeah, obviously Liam sent me out a barbell as well, so he's he's helped both of us out this week. So I finally yeah. got my hands on one. When's your, when's your barbell expected to come? Uh, it's being sent tomorrow or Tuesday, so within within the next week latest. Yeah. And I can do for a little bit of time with the one inch bar. At least I have a bar to actually put the weights on. Yeah, and, and enough load now to do to do a lot of exercises. Well, yeah, I think I've got an offload for everything apart from deadlifts Definitely. or any form of like RDL or anything. But even then, I think I can get it to like 140-ish at most, and that will see me through for like a 10 rep plus deadlift, yeah. which is fine. It's fine. Yeah, you could all you could always do some kind of rest pause with it or band it, even a deficit because you, you mechanically you're quite good at deadlifts anyway. You could even do deficits. Uh, yeah, I just work, work in high rep ranges with deadlifts. Yeah, but, banded, um, banded, banded can be hard. They're just a bit of a fast to set up. Well, yeah, when I I did them last week with the the, the smaller weights, and they are like quite difficult because that's like the it get you kind of get weaker as you come up, um, and then it's obviously challenging you at the top. So it's it's pretty tough if if the band resistance is strong. So I might do that, or I might add on some extra shopping bags like I was doing anyway. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's not ideal, but it's got to be done, hasn't it, in this period of time? Yeah. Thankfully, um, obviously, I can train pretty much everything. I can load everything now, which is awesome. I've got yeah. 200, 220 kilo worth of plates. i got the squat rack built up. Me and, me and my dad built the squat rack up. Uh, and the bar came Thursday, I believe. Um, so so far I've trained legs and chest and back with it on the new split, which is good. I mean legs legs didn't go to plan. Um, no. Tell everyone what happened. The um, big ordeal. So been waiting to load my legs in for weeks, literally, and I, I haven't barbell squatted in probably 15, 16 months, if not longer. Um, I thought I'd work up to a heavy heavy top set, not taking into account stability, connected tissue, the motor pathway, and learning the movement again. 
Um, I had 180 on my back and literally did six reps. And on that, and on that sixth rep, oh my God, it is. Some, I felt a sharp pain in my knee from what I, what I thought it was my knee at the time. And, and for all of you that don't know, I've, I have very, very bad knee issues. Uh, I've, had, I've had many MRIs on it. And, and basically what I have is a ridiculous amount of bone marrow edema in my patella, um, which is basically just an abundance of inflammation and water in, in the yeah. bone. And so for me, training isn't actually damaging any connective tissue or the knee itself. It's just about managing recovery and managing the inflammation. So I thought it was just that. And then I, I had 140 on my back and went to do a rep and I, and I wrecked it. And I thought, do I do hamstrings? Do I not? And I had my knee sleeves on. And I thought, no, nah, I'm just going to leave it. And it was, it was one of them ones where it wasn't until I pulled my knee sleeve down and actually touched it that then like the pain yeah. started to kick in and I started to notice it. And I noticed it was actually on my, on my shin, my tibia, as opposed to my kneecap. Yeah. Uh, I have done a little research and it looks like it's the, the tibia tubercle where the, where the patella tendon actually connects to. And it's slightly mm. inflamed compared to the other leg. There isn't a load of inflammation because I've iced it, but I can kind of, I don't know if it's the bone that I can feel. So I'm scared if there's kind of a hairline flat fracture in the tibia or if it's just the tendon that, that's kind of flared up. But it's weird that it was after such a short amount of reps because it's not like it's wear and tear of a tendon because that's where like, no. Oscar Slattis is on, on, on the exact lump where this is. Um, so I don't know. Fingers crossed. I mean, it feels better today than yesterday. Fingers crossed in a few more days it will be okay and I'll just have to take it lighter. Yeah. It's just the... the heavy weight. Yeah, these these sorts of free-weighted leg exercises are your worst enemy anyway. Like going into... Like when we train legs, you struggle as it is when you're like locked into a machine and you're stable. So now when you're loading loading your knees with free weight, like 180 kilos is a decent amount of weight. It's it's a recipe for disaster for you. I mean, I know we spoke, I think we spoke about it in the last podcast, but it kind of just solidifies why I don't barbell squat and why yeah. something like a hack or a pendulum where you're locked in a machine is so much more beneficial and so much more safe because I can challenge my quads far greater and the risk of injury is far lower. Like I've literally done one set and of course, it's my own fault. And I'm not saying don't barbell squat, but, but it's, it's injured me already. Well, it just proves that it's, ever, like it's person dependent. And for you, yeah. it just doesn't, it doesn't suit. It doesn't suit at all. I'll tell you one thing, my glutes are killing though. And I only did well, some lying hands and that. It's because I'm so glute and erector dominant when I do it as well. Well, I'm the same. I did squats on Friday and I did a two, two rep top set. And I was absolutely ruined after that. My back off, I didn't even take it to failure because my lower back was so pumped and oh, so fatigued. The spinal loading's a joke. I forgot how much it actually is. Yeah. Like, carrying the 180 on my back was brutal. Yeah. Like, my quads, it, it, it didn't even touch the, um, touch the sides of my quads. It was so easy. It was just the amount of load on my back. And the connective yeah. tissue, and just like the, the the movement pattern itself, to relearn it. And, I, and to be honest, I was trying to get more knee flexion than usual. Yeah. Because I have a tendency to really sit back into a squat, which allows me to be very powerful. But it doesn't um, recruit a lot of quad. And so I was trying to get some more knee flexion. And then I just think the load and, and the new kind of movement pattern just, just messed it up. 
and that extra torque at the knee joint as well from, exactly. from the extra knee flexion. It's strange that it could be a hairline fracture though from a squat. I don't I, I don't know. It's just it's just the way how it felt and then yeah. touching it, it like hurts to touch the bone. But then again, the tendon yeah. does insert there. And today, it's a lot better. It's a lot better. It doesn't hurt to touch now. It just hurts to, to flex my knee. So fingers yeah. crossed it'll be okay. I, sh- I do. I am meant to have hams today, but I'm not doing it. I'm going to do arms instead. And then we'll see how it is. Yeah, just let it recover. There's no point just nailing it into the ground. No. No, for sure. But yeah, no, it's yeah. been... We've both got about a good week. Got our, got our kit in and can actually load some movements now. Yeah, and it's way so better. So we, be, we can stop complaining. 100%. And, and you, same probably with you, it's way better to be outside training and cooped up indoors. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was obviously in my attic and it was pretty much just a home gym, but it's so much better to be outdoors. I'd, I'd hate to have been in a, a living room like you were. I don't know if you're going to do, well, my, going to do most things outside now. Well, my problem is I don't have, I don't have anywhere that's flat. So like, yeah. ap- apart from, so anyone that's like saw my Instagram, my squats, that part of my garden, I literally, that bit where my feet were is flat. But the second I go backwards a little bit, it starts to go uphill and then everywhere is, is graveled. So I can't really do anything there unless I try and find a map or something to put down. Um, I don't really want to be training outside the front of my house. So no. I want to train up like it was way better. And yeah. I, I, the thought of going back into that little room, because I, like I've got quite a big family and like people coming through, I don't know. It's just not, it's not the right environment to train in. Mm, I know, I know. And it's I love being outside. Just, just, yeah. It felt, it felt like I was just in a stupid way. I know we talked about last last week with the pre-workout routine and like, and, and like how Tom actually drives around in his car. Just going outside, getting outside, leaving the house. It felt like I was going to my own little gym around the side yeah. of the house as opposed to just being cooped up indoors but it's just a, even though it's a slightly different environment it's enough to make you feel that you're going to the gym rather than just yeah. training in your living room yeah and obviously having a having a spotter with me that, 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 yeah. it helps it's got a little training partner apart from when he touches the bar when you tell him not to <laughs> <laughs> yeah if anyone does follow me go go watch my most recent video and wait until the end well, I lose, my, lose my shit on my dad for touching the bar Poor and guy. he's just like oh okay <laughs> yeah that's the best <laughs> bit in it he's like oh okay <laughs> <laughs> he's like yeah okay i debriefed you 10 times prior to this set don't touch the fucking bar and then he touches it <laughs> you're not even uh, really struggling either i'm not struggling at all i was gonna go for another rep but i was just so pissed off that i had to rack it <laughs> Oh, oh well oh well we live and learn hopefully we won't do it again but I, I i guarantee you'll see a video next week of him doing it again literally <laughs> he's terrified bro he's terrified when i'm under the bar because obviously he doesn't work on himself it? and he's, he's never done anything like this he sees three plates aside 140 kilo on me and he's just like terrified that this is going to crush his son it's so mm. irritating <sighs> oh well so, should okay. we get into the topic of today? Yeah. So, I had a few questions last week on a little Q&A I did on Instagram, kind of about 
so the main one was why do we or why is it better to train with the top set back off set style as opposed to just straight sets um and then I had another question about reps and reserve and, and kind of a volume volume versus intensity kind of argument which is a, a big argument in in the industry and there isn't a right or wrong answer really is there no like we, I mean, we can't sit here and say you have to train this way this is the best way to train this is the only way to train because at the end of the day some training styles might work for other people like the people that really advocate reps and reserve like Mike Isretel um I can't remember his name. Revive stronger, yeah. It clearly works for them. Yeah, and I mean, even and, like a high volume approach. <laughs> most top IFBB pros train with a high with a high volume approach. So it it, it clearly does work to a degree. It's just then it's that, the most effective. And would these guys grow from anything? Exactly. I was about to say that. Is that because they're just genetic freaks that will just grow from picking up a weight in any fashion? Or is it because of that style of training, which it probably isn't? Yeah, it's true. Because when you start to look at kind of the mechanisms behind training and and from our own experience as well, training with a higher intensity, preferably the highest intensity, so all-out failure on every set, kind of for us especially, and, and a lot of people, you know, like JP's kind of pioneered this, into and like drilled it into people's minds that intensity is everything yeah. and progressive overload log working lifts um yeah. and going to failure is provides that biggest stimulus for hypertrophy or at least like a seven out of ten of true yeah. failure i think you've got to look at of of, of, of why we do it i, I don't like the coining the, the low volume approach because it, it's how much volume you can train with and recover from. So yeah. it isn't low and high volume as such. It's just how much volume you can do and get away with. We've got to strip it back to, to what hypertrophy is. It's a signal-independent process. So really we want the most opportunities possible to provide that signal, i.e. the frequency that we train. Yeah. So as long as that we can recover from the work that we do and train it as frequently as possible, we're going to promote and initiate more signals. Yeah. So when we think about low volume is if you can recover from three sets and allow yourself to train again three days later, fully recovered and hit it with another three sets, that's going to be far more beneficial than nailing yourself with nine sets and not training again for another week. Yeah, frequency is a massive... Initiate as many signals as you can throughout the week. Yeah. And then obviously... And another thing with... Approach. Yeah, carry on. Yeah. Well, another thing with volume is, let's say you do four sets of like a six out of ten. When you take a volume for what it actually is, of being like sets times reps times weight, as opposed to just number of sets, like a lot of people yeah. will look at volume in that way. If you're taking two sets to true failure with a heavy load the actual volume you are doing probably equates to if not more than the person doing four sets at a lower intensity Does that makes yeah. sense oh for sure um so it in terms of actual volume it may not even be considered a low volume approach it's just a low number of sets approach low, a low number of sets as well yeah for sure 
And and, and that, that's where log booking comes in because obviously we train with the progressive overload approach, trying to create that novel yeah. stimulus each time we train to create an adaptive response in the tissue. I mean, our muscles are designed to take load. They need to be challenged with a greater stimulus each time in order to create an adaptive response, i.e. i.e. hypertrophy. Yeah. Now, this, this could be through the amount of total work that you do, i.e. sets. This could be due to the weight that you lift, the load on the bar, or the reps that you perform. But as you said, with volume being number of sets, that has a ceiling. Strength doesn't have a ceiling. Yeah. You, you, could, you could initiate more volume by doing five sets, six sets, seven sets. There's only a n- number of sets that you can possibly do in a two-hour, one-hour workout. But strength yeah. does not have that cap to it. So if we can keep progressively overloading strength, we don't have that ceiling effect. Yeah, and and training to failure. Like if we if we get five reps, for example, on, on an incline bench to failure one week and then seven the next week, that is progressive overload. And we've increased the volume between those two weeks because those two reps, there's nothing left the week before. So you've nef- left nothing to to kind of guess whether or not you've fully progress between those two weeks whereas if you've left two reps in reserve which may not actually be two reps in reserve on the one week and then tried to reduce that to one rep in reserve the next week there's no real true gauge of whether or not you've progressed between those two weeks and and the the, my biggest problem personally with rir i'm not i'm not slating it because there's people a lot more intelligent than me that that swear by it i.e like my kids would tell etc but like if you're leaving reps in reserve, you're leaving those effective reps in the tank. They're the yeah. most important reps possible. Those, those, those reps that get closer to true failure is where we are going to recruit the high threshold motor units. They yeah. are the effective reps. They're the reps that we're going to grow from. Now, if you're leaving these reps in the tank, you're not recruiting all the high threshold motor units. Now, we know in like a top set, in a six to nine set, this is this is requiring probably what eighty to ninety percent of our maximal load possible. All high threshold motor units are going to be recruited in this initial set, but in a back off set, if we're doing fifteen reps, our muscles are going to recruit the the low threshold motor units first and progressively go towards the high. And if you're leaving, if you're doing twelve reps and you could take it to fifteen, those last three reps are the reps that are going to grow. They're the reps that are going yeah. to recruit every single muscle fiber in the muscle. So I don't understand how leaving these literal effective reps quote unquote in the tank is going to create more muscle gain than than not if you get where i'm coming from yeah it's just they the those sort of guys they take the approach of very research driven and kind of studies based approach to training rather than common sense in a way like yeah. it's not it's not bashing it like you said and and it clearly works for some people, but like as a general rule of thumb, I don't know if you've seen Greg Doucette's videos where he just screams at people to train harder. Have you seen that? I don't, I don't really watch him, no. Well, he just, he says as a general rule of thumb, people need to train harder because if you tell a beginner to train, so start a mesocycle at four reps in reserve and work your way up to one rep in reserve, they're not going to be training at four reps in reserve. It could Probably be eight. Because they don't know what true failure is. You have to go to that that level and go to that place to understand truly how to leave one rep in the tank. And most people aren't experienced enough to do that. No, especially in the higher rep range. 
Yeah. I think most could load a, a five rep max and fail on the sixth rep because the load's so heavy. But I think it really comes into play in, in the 12 plus rep ranges where is it just some pain or is it muscular failure? Yeah. You have to go through the pain threshold to get there. And, and most, most, most people who train really don't know what true failure is. Yeah. Well, even our, yeah. Even us when we train together, there'll be some sessions where we kind of we go shit. Like we've we've gone further than usual there, and you kind of feel like, oh, have we left some on the table in previous sessions, and and we're people that we strive for that yeah. muscular failure on every set. So, yeah, it's it's as a general rule of thumb, you would I would always recommend aiming for failure, and then whether you people reach like eight out of ten. Seven out of ten. That's still better than recommending leave five reps in the tank and then go from there. I think I think the biggest thing to take is for most people would be to learn to apply that intensity and to train to failure and scale back all volume as in sets and exercises that you do to a bare minimum. Perform it at true failure. See how your recovery is when you come back around to train it again. And then scale up your volume from there. If you can yeah. implement more sets, if you can implement more exercises, then do so. And then if you still have DOMS, if you're still taxed when you come back round to training again, pull it back down again. Yeah. The beauty thing is, the, the beauty of it is once you've nailed the intensity and training to failure, volume can be scaled up and down. Depending on if you're dieting, depending on your recovery, the scenario that you're in. Yeah, because it's very easy just to it, take a set out here and there, isn't it? Exactly. It's very easy to take a set out once you build it up. Obviously, in an off-season, your recovery capability is far higher than in the dieting phase. Yeah. Retaining muscle requires a much great, uh, a much much lower stimulus than actually building muscle. So in a diet, there's no point doing sets on sets and drop sets on drop sets and in- implementing a rest pause at the end. Because there's, there's literally no point. You're just hindering your recovery. We're in a surplus. Those those extra intensifiers, they could potentially reap some hypertrophy yeah. um, benefits. In a, in a deficit, those that extra hindering of recovery will be what leads to muscle loss for most people. Yeah, it won't exactly. be the diet itself. It will be not being able to recover, especially and, and if you're I, implementing cardio and lots of steps. It, it can massively my legs, my legs went to shit in prep. My legs went to absolute shit, and I am guilty for not list not listening to my recovery, um, I, and and still keeping in the intensifiers with cardio being so high, um, and 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 not scaling my volume down, and I honestly lost so much tissue and ran so flat in my legs. That it was did you ridiculous. just keep? Did you just keep the sessions the same, like leg training? Just did you just keep it consistent? Uh, volume came down for sure throughout. Yeah. Um, but I, I had, I had that George Osborne, George Osborne approach that more is better. More, more is better. Yeah. Uh, and if I could go do more steps than what I'd, I coach myself, so I only have to adhere to myself. And if I could go do more steps, then I would do more steps. If I could spend a bit more time doing cardio, then I would. If I could push the extra reps out or add a rest pause in or add a drop set, I would add that drop set in. You know what I mean? Like, I, and I, I'm, my own, I, I'm my own worst nightmare. Well, one thing, that I've, like that. Yeah, one thing that I've noticed a lot recently with Callum Raystrick's kind of transformation and as well as um, 
Christian Chapman's deficit yeah. and the way the way Joe's coaching him is like more is definitely not better in both a gaining phase and a deficit like scaling things down and and not overdoing it has a huge benefit from both aspects so trying to gain muscle and lose body fat for sure I mean especially for losing body fat the, the more stressed environment you're in the less you are going to lose ah uh, shit Oh, Rob's gone at the minute. Reconnecting. I've lost, I've lost you. Yeah, yeah, we're back, we're back, we're back. I'm back. Yeah, you're okay, back, you're back, you're back. Did you hear what I said? Nope. I said, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, said about, I said about Callum doing one working set per muscle group, per session. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. Even, yeah. our, volume, it just shows even that... our volume is so high compared to that. And this is such an advanced individual who's 300 pounds. And and he's he's gained hundred pounds in in seven months or so from literally nailing one working set on an exercise two at most. And I, I did. And I mean, I, I've been at M10 and seen him train for time, um, and I've seen it on his Instagram. And we're talking like one set and a leg extension to absolute true failure. True failure as well. True Not... true failure. And yeah. I think I think even with it with a, a top set back off set work absolutely perfect. But even when you know you have that back off set in mind or you've done the top set, if if you've been given one set, you just have to take it all the way there. You you You'd always have in the back time. of your mind as well. You always in the back yeah. of your mind. I've only got one set. Yeah. And like my volume, I don't know if you saw my session yesterday on the post. My volume's been scaled down a lot for since I've been at home. Did you notice yeah. on the test? Yeah. Back? Like I literally just you, had like a one rest pause on some stuff, which was literally a ten repper and then just a two three repper. Yeah, and I'm quite I think a potentially, big fan of that. Yeah, potentially we've done too much volume over over the winter, and yeah. we could have we potentially been doing too much um, just overall work in each session. Because I remember when I first first came on like with, as a training partner with you, I think you wrote my program before that. You did, didn't you? Um, I was like, Jesus, this is quite a lot of volume for the intensity that we train at. Like I, I, before I wasn't, I wasn't putting three sets for certain exercises Mm. and, and then adding in extra rest pause sets at the end, which is what you were doing. Yeah. So, and like you've, you've seen a fair bit of growth, haven't you recently? Since being home. Yeah. It was more, it was more the fluff work that I put a lot more volume in. It was all. It would always be a two two set approach, and then legs volume's always been really low. To be fair, well, for, it, was for, just, it was just with push and pull. That well, to be honest, I think it was just push that we, we yeah. used to have a lot of volume with in terms of laterals and and like a chest fly. Yeah, I think I could have got away with a lot more, and that that's particularly what I've done since I've come home. To be honest, it's yeah. just scaled scaled volume down completely. And it's worth. Yeah. I mean, like, I, like yesterday, I did a, I did a rest pause on a single arm dumbbell row, and I think it was ten, ten reps and then three reps. But the, but the thing is, that ten repper required all the high threshold motor units, and then that, that yeah. next three rep again, all of them were fired straight away because of the load. So it wasn't yeah. like I was just wasting reps with, with, without firing literally every single muscle fiber in the tissue anyway. So I don't know. I, th- I think I think scaling the volume a lot, lot more, down a lot more, and taking it all the way there, 
is going to be a lot more beneficial. And I think that's what you're going to do with your new split, are you? Yes, definitely. It's partly because our options are more limited. Uh, And more so for me, I don't have a rack and I don't have an adjustable bench. So I've kind of got a few exercises to choose from. But I think that's going to work out better because volume will be able to drop. Wait, did you say you have got a bench? I've got a bench, but not adjustable. Like I, I doesn't, I can't flat. get any incline on it. So it's just flat. So you're gonna have to stick it on your hill. <laughs> oh yeah, get a makeshift <laughs> incline from that, like a 15 degree incline. Yeah. The higher you go, the higher the incline. You basically fucking stood up at the end, doing a high incline press. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Oh yeah, but I think I think that's I think that'll be a lot wiser, especially at this current point in time. It's good to experiment with with recovery because our recovery is probably the best it will ever be right now. Yeah, I mean, especially with you, you've got pretty much no uni work, stress at an all time low. Mm-hmm. Steps, you you are in control of how many steps you do. It's not like you have to go somewhere every day. It's not like you're going into uni, etc., and, and you're doing like unnecessary journeys. If you want to pull steps down, you just don't go out and walk for as long. Well, so this is, is this in the best the thing. So, yeah well with my steps is interesting because I, I said it the other week my steps at uni were pretty low and my activity was pretty low like I'd kind of just do my uni work throughout the day and then go to the gym and come back and, and I'd be left with whatever steps I was on for that I like the, the amount of times I actually walked into uni was quite rare hmm. um, but since coming home I've hit 10,000 steps a day and honestly mate my my like it feels like instant sensitivity but my the way i'm responding to food now and the way i feel is like millions times better than what i was like at uni i felt i was so like lethargic i responded so badly to food like i was gaining off of just over three thousand calories and the last two weeks i pushed up to more or less like four thousand on the training day and then three and a half thousand non-training day and my weight's dropping every day and it's just yeah expenditure's higher yeah i dropped 1.8 this morning 1.8 pounds this morning yeah jesus christ but like obviously if the goal is to gain and i don't want that and it would make sense to me to pull steps down but i feel like my composition has improved massively yeah. at this at this same body weight and i feel so much better i'm responding better to food uh and I, I, I don't know the mechanisms why that is, um, but it's allowing me to eat more. And the more I can eat, the more I can grow. For sure. Obviously, um, if, you, if you're going to create a bigger output, you're going you're gonna to want to eat more to the, to the point where you physically can't eat more. And that's then when you would have to pull steps down. Yeah. But the position you're in, I, would, I wouldn't pull steps down until you can't put food up any higher. Yeah. Because so I'm, I'm happy. Food up. Yeah, I was I was getting so frustrated at uni because that I, I was eating not nothing, but like comparatively comparatively to you and comparatively to what I've eaten in the past, and and I was gaining body fat. I, I didn't feel like I was gaining muscle. I felt just uh, just slow, lethargic. I didn't feel like I was gaining good weight. Whereas now, like I said, conditions better. I feel like the food's being to better use yeah um and it's just come from increasing activity across the day yeah for that's, sure. that's that's the only difference and like you said with bringing down stress 
and I don't have any uni work at the minute. Um, sleep been so high. Yeah, sleeping I all the time. I have sleeping off. <laughs> Getting so much sleep is ridiculous. Um, but yeah, no, for sure, I do think that's a massive thing. And obviously, in terms of digestion, we we know that walks and activity is going to improve digestion as well afterwards. I don't know if you're getting your steps in one big bolus of steps, are you, or are you are you getting them out? Of well, day? I do. I do like two thousand ish across a day, just like walking around the house, and then if you kind of count training in that as well. Um, but obviously, only allowed out once a week. Once a day, sorry. Once a week. Um, <laughs> I get, I get, I get seventy thousand steps in in my one week, <laughs> one walk a week. <laughs> I walk for the whole day. <laughs> <laughs> one of them twenty-four hour challenges. I ate nothing but McDonald's for one day. I did nothing but walk for one day. <laughs> Turn into yeah, Forrest get... Gump. <laughs> <laughs> so you, so you do go out on one big walk get probably about 8,000 yeah. in and then just collate the rest at home. Seven to 8,000 and then, yeah. And that works fine. I prefer you doing that. Do that in the morning? No, so, well, it's going to change now because I want, now I've got some heavier weights. So I want to actually have some food in my system when I train. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to do the walk fasted first thing and then train later on in the day, whereas before it was the other way around. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you, you don't you don't respond badly to training faster, do you? No, I fi- I'm fine with it. It's, it's just something I've always hated. Legs, I don't really like it, but anything else, I'm normally fine, provided it's early on in the morning. If it starts to push on a bit later, I I don't I feel weaker. I mean, for sure. with the amount of food that we do have in our system, potentially will be slightly weaker. I just think it's a massive psychological effect. Yeah. And it's, it's, a it's just psychological it's, effect. yeah whenever you're used to training that's when your body like if you if you think about your circadian rhythm and things like that like that's you're expecting to train at that certain time of the day yeah so your body's going to respond better as training then and if you bring it back to training in the morning faster it'll just take a bit of time to adapt mm-hmm. and, and adjust and then it becomes normal yeah for sure. like coming back home i it, it was the first couple of days i felt a bit like oof like I was very hungry training yeah. through it, um, but now I'm absolutely fine with it. And if you have an intra workout as well, um, it, you'll be fine, yeah. especially come in an off season. Come again. Having it, like, especially in an off season when food's high, the the food from the day before is going to fuel your session. You oh, don't exactly. need a pre workout meal. No, no, no. That's what I mean. I mean, potentially, if you left it longer, you could be slightly weaker. Um, but with me, it's yeah. just a massive psychological effect. That I, I'll just sit there when I'm getting myself psyched up for a top, getting myself psyched up for a top set, and I'll just be like, in the back of my mind, I'll be like, but you haven't had a pre-workout meal. Yeah, yeah. Devil on your shoulder, telling you, you're not going to get that extra rep. You haven't had a pre-workout meal. Unfortunately, though, I was just about to say you mentioned intra-workout. I've run out of my intra-workout, so it's on the way. So today it's going to be Pepto-Promus. It's just going to be an EAA-less. So, so what is cyclic, the current intra? Um, EAA, Pepto Pro, Psychic Dextrin, Electrolytes, and Taurine. Yeah. What about you? Everything apart from Pepto Pro and Electrolytes. Which I, mean, I should read. I've got, I've got carb at 100. Yeah, that's Pepto a lot. 50. And I mean, I do believe literature says anything above 100 will 
pretty much not be absorbed. So I can't push it any higher. And I think optimally yeah. it's like 60, 70 gram. But yeah. it, it sits fine. Min- minimum, I, like have no is- I have no issues at all. I have no issues at all with, with the 100 gram of carb. I've had it in for so long now. There's no digestive issues. I don't struggle to uh, consume it when I'm drinking. So yeah. it's absolutely fine for me at the minute. But I will ne- I'll never push it higher than 100 gram. And I wouldn't recommend many people go into 100 gram either. And then Petso Pro's really are necessary. like... No, Pepto Pro's at like 50 gram and that warrants like 44 gram of protein or something. Um, yeah. I'm out of pretty much everything. So I had a little restock last night from Insight and the Pepto Pro from Bull Powders. I got a couple of samples of Reignite. I'm going to give it another go. Now caffeine tolerance is lower. Yeah. Um, and I, well, was I, I saw... The... I was going to say, I saw George Osborne's story today or yesterday about... He's just taking a complete break from all stimulants and caffeine. Um, where like now we don't need to be so dependent on it and we can maximize kind of fully cycling off and then and then coming back to training and really making the most of caffeine and pre workouts. Yeah, which sense, I was thinking. Sense. Yeah. Carrot, what were you gonna say? Fuck that though. <laughs> I've, I've tried it I'd cycled off I can't remember how long I got before Christmas I swear I was over three weeks yeah and um, did fuck all <laughs> I took MV pre and I was like this has not hit me again I had like a monster and I was expecting to be like a, like people describe it like you're jittery on monsters I was expecting to have this caffeine hit and it just didn't do anything I was like I've had three weeks of banging headaches for no reason here yeah <laughs> So I, like, I messaged you. I messaged you the other day, didn't I? I had one day without caffeine, and my head was pounding. Bro, it, I it gets like four o'clock, and I've not had a coffee. Yeah, it's pounding. It's like I'm, I'm like I'm dehydrated, and I'm like, no, I haven't had a coffee. It's so <laughs> painful. I'm telling you, three weeks of it is so painful. You do get but used then, to it though. You do, but then like we can't, you can't have a coffee at like six in the evening. No, to to stop, and then you've sleep. just got the rest of the night. You've just got this pounding headache. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what I was going to say was I was going to buy the JP uh, pump, you know the, the, the oh yeah yeah free yeah, pump, but it's not an insight yet, so I didn't I didn't make the purchase unfortunately. I was looking at other priests to get, but there wasn't there was none that take my fancy. I thought about that brain blitz. Yeah, I've seen Have that. Have you one. seen that's fucking stim heavy? That that is going to be banned soon. Really? Yeah, that, that, won't, that looked, won't be on uh, shelves for long. I haven't looked at the panel. Um, for, off the top of my head, it has aryogenesis. And it has DMHA in pure DMHA, oh, which yeah. is banned. Um, and it's got it's, it's got like a jugglins in there as well, a, a, a relatively dose caffeine. Um, that that won't be on the shelves for long. But therefore, I've got bring the chaos, which is pretty strong. Yeah, that was that was strong when I used it. Um, and like I, I only half scooped that to be fair, purely on the come down. I had it yeah. I had it yesterday, and I, I half scooped it, and the come down was fine. Um, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't purchase anything else. But I think I will get the JP uh, pump. What about the stim? Um, I don't think I get the stim now. Purely because at the minute at home, it's going to be too hard hitting. I've had dark side. I know what it feels like to be yeah. on that much Kigelia Africana. It, it hits so hard that I'm just going to be tripping outside my house, and it's just not <laughs> worth. It's honestly not worth it at the minute. As good as the, the panel is and the product actually is, if you want it uh, to blow your head off, yeah. But, I mean, I wouldn't use that more than once a week. 
No. Like, I only use it for legs as well. Like, there's there's so much skin that it can take away from the session as well. So if I, you're not I'll used, if you're not used to it. Oh, if you're not used to it, well, honestly, I'd say quarter scoop it if you're not used to it. Yeah. Yeah. No way would I full scoop. I won't full scoop that now. I made that mistake. I've I've double scooped dark side. Jesus Christ. When uh when Liam dropped the plates off to me. He was telling me about how you two used to like compete with the amount of stims you could do before a session. Yeah, it was. Hilarious. And he 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 claimed that he outdid you every time. He he would outdo me every time. There's, I mean, I, I do have a ceiling with like. Yeah. I, I, I have a thought process. I'm like, I know how much I can. It's not that I couldn't handle it. It was like I don't want to die. Yeah. Like, there, there was that point where this is going to be. This isn't remotely effective at all. And he would, he, I think he, he had a, I think he might, it's in a video, quad scoop dark side. And the sweats he had, he spewed yeah. up the sweats he had. He was absolutely tripping. And I remember the owner of Alpha Neon messaging me saying like, what the fuck has he done? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I know. He was like, this kid's fucking crazy. What is he doing? And I was like, I know. I, I literally told him, do not do it. That, is, that because, is ridiculous. It was like the first time we met and he gave it um, Billy Big Bollocks that that he's had DMHA before. And I'm like, yeah, bro, you've had synthetic DMHA. This is nothing like Egelia. This is natural, 98% pure DMHA. This is nothing like some synthetic shit you've had in dust or in or in like the old Kraken. He's like, no, 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 I've had it. So he like triple off quad scoop dark side. And he was, on another, <laughs> he was in another planet, bro. He was, in a, he was on another planet. He's right. I need, I need to try myself dark side. I, I don't have any left. I haven't got any. I don't think email or something. You can buy it on inside, but it, it, that is the strongest pre I've ever. Like, I've had Edge of Insanity and all, all the old ones. I've had Jack 3D. And Jack 3D, opinion, yeah. You don't get stronger than, than Alpha Neon on dark side, in a good mm. way as well. It, it is a good, it is a good product. I'm still very new to like the stim world. The first time I had a proper pre was when I trained legs with you, like before Christmas. Before What's then, that, I, the only thing I it was just MV pre, yeah. Which yeah. is pretty strong, but it's not like fucking blow your head off, stim strong. Um, before then, the, I think the strongest pre that I'd had was Ghost. <laughs> fucking hell. Like, like 200 <laughs> milligrams of caffeine and that's it. <laughs> I and, mean, I'd, and I'd be like, whoa. <laughs> I'm so tame to stims compared to how I used to be now. And like, yeah. I still take a lot. But like, I went through a phase of just, with, the, with Liam, just being an idiot of just, just taking every stim you could think of under the sun, trying every single pre-workout. I was obsessed with them. Yeah. Um, although I still am, but like I just used to double dose everything and mix pre after pre. I'd just mix loads of them as well. Yeah. I remember me and Liam being at Emporium at like one in the morning. Like, why am I training at one in the morning? Um, just mixing like three, four different types of pre's. Uh, it came up to like 24 gram of citrulline mallet. Jesus and it was like, uh, and like caffeine, it was like 1.2 gram. That's just not fun. <laughs> why, why would you want and to it do was that? Like, he'd be like, well, I've got this pre, so he took it in. I was like, yeah, all right then. It was like, I would not advise this to anyone. Like, I don't do it anymore. I was just, I went through a phase of just being a fucking idiot. It was like one of them, like, I don't know if you watch the old David Lay videos when they used to be in the, like, the little flat Yeah, house. yeah. And they used yeah. to be, we just, we just got through a phase of doing that. <laughs> and it was just it was not a nice time and i'd be up to like i remember being up to like seven in the morning just laid in bed like why have i done this <laughs> yeah why did you do that i don't know, I don't know. even now even now though, about when i used to go 
pick you up for like legs you'd, you'd be sat there so calm like yeah just double scooped mv3 <laughs> and be absolutely fine i'm just like if i did that i'd be off my nut yeah no i know i've got a built for very very high tolerance i don't know even i mean i started off with i'd mix a monster my pre used to be like any pre that i could find and then i'd have it with a monster it's like even back when i was like really young i was still having like 400 450 mega caffeine in a yeah. pre workout every day, and that's why my tolerance is so high to it. Mm. Not good. Not good. Well, we'll wrap it up there because we thought this would be a bit of a short wrap, but it is 45 minutes. So we've managed Jeez. to talk. We've managed to talk and fill out the time. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Hopefully, next week I'm going to try to pull some strings and get a guest on, um, which should be very, very exciting. Someone you'll all know. Um, and we can go into a lot of detail about some decent topics then. But once again, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, thank you very Hope much, you everyone. It. And um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you in the next one. See you guys.